Good afternoon. This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. And it is a bright day. Bright uh, blue sky. And dry, other than the snow. It's, uh, which is, I would say, I don't know, halfway, halfway gone. There's no snow on the streets. It's just um, snow on the lawn. Let's go see if uh, Cerebus, the three-headed guard dog, is conscious. Mm. Topic-wise, I... I was listening to some uh, Lord Dunsany, who uh, was writing fantasy a hundred years ago, say. I think a bit more uh, back as well. And uh, Dunsany is a a precursor to um, a number, inspired a number of, of writers. Um, diverse. And two that, the two that come to mind are H.P. Lovecraft and Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien, who read... Dunzani's uh, work. And the, the first one uh, that I, I took a look at was Dunzani's Book of Wonder. But I was just reading, or I, it was an audio book, so I was just listening to Dunzani. Um, and it was done by that online organization, LibriVox. You know, they, they read books. Um, volunteers read books in uh, the public domain. And uh, there was this, this one about... Uh, tra- I think it was traveling on a river or coastline, but... It, it had this sort of quality, like it was a travel log um, kind of story where we're going along uh, with someone as they uh, book passage or they're working on a ship. And uh, two, two thoughts were that it was, it was weak on story and it was more uh, incidental, um, and I mean uh, incidents. And the one that just comes to mind is that uh, the narrator goes into into the city. Oh, yeah, and it's it's first person. I'm just sort of piecing everything together here. Uh, they go into one of the cities uh, that they've traveled to, and. 
things are fairly normal up until they get to this ivory gate, this giant gate. And they realize that it's been carved out of one solid piece of ivory. No, this, this of course is impossible and fantastic and that, that's, that's what made it wonderful and stand out for me. The other two, yeah, the other thing was the, the narrator's response, which was to, to run, uh, run back to the ship quickly, you know, and, uh, get, get out of there, um, because of the, the size, the size of this tusk, right, it meant that there was this massive, um, not even massive, but, you know, giant of, a, an elephant or some kind of creature, Which, it, it has the sort of the feel of the antediluvian, um, but because we're in this fantasy world, just, uh, just wondering, uh, wondering to make my, my crossing. Oh, yeah, managed to get across. Okay. I'm kind of doing... This is kind of a travel log as well. I'm not doing my loops uh, this afternoon, but I'm taking you... Um, taking you on an adventure. And uh, I've got an address that I'm headed for, so... I just want to, um, uh, something that helps me out is, um, uh, planning everything, right? So that I have, it's sort of over planning, you know, and then I kind of have nothing or very little to worry about. So this is a combination of pre-planning and exercising. Uh... Let's see, so I, I was just telling you about Dunzany's, uh, this Tusk city, or this city that has this um, gate uh, that's carved out of a uh, one uh, piece of ivory. And two, I, I think I'd have to like take a look at it, maybe actually read it to see. I, th- I thought that it was a giant gate, um, but it seems more realistic if it was you know just a a gate, like you say, a door that was carved out of a single piece of ivory. Uh, As we leave the city, uh, there's this, there's this fear going on that, like say myself as a reader, I didn't connect with this fear of this giant elephant. I was, I was thinking, you know, well, that, that sounds more interesting than anything. Uh, don't you want to stick around and ask questions? And I, I feel as, a, as though I've missed the point, you know, of, of the, the horror. As, as we leave the city, there's this 
commentary that the the city actually later is wiped off, you know, the face of this fantasy world. And so I, I have a, a bit of a love uh, hate with it because of the there's there's a bit of the omnipotent and there's a bit of this was it the the tone or the voice or the um, the style that it's being written in which is sort of journalistic sort of journalistic. Um, a first-person narrative. We don't really get a chance to sink in. That's a that's another feeling I came away with, and it's almost like letters that are being sent about these travels. Uh, I took a class where we were one of one of the um, books that we were to read was, or that we read was, uh, to do with uh, this travel. And this was back, say, 500 years ago. And uh, another crosswalk moment. But yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure they're called travel logs. But you know, say they have people going to these strange countries, uh, things like Phantom Islands, right? You know, if you went there, it didn't exist, but it's sort of on a a map. Uh, and that the descriptions of the people that are there, like that they have, you know, their heads are actually in their chests. Or they only have one leg, one giant leg that they jump around on. Uh, Cannibals. um, So it it, it has that kind of feeling. uh, But story-wise, not so much. What do I mean by that? Uh, I should say too, plot-wise, not so much. The, the plot seems to just be to to travel, and these things happen. You know, there's these episodes. Uh, story being the internal conflict. And uh, there's not much of that either. The Book of Wonder is is another collection of these of of shorter stories, uh, but they're they're quite fun, sometimes creepy. Uh, the gods of I forget the name. It's like P something, and that's another another one to check out because of its. Cosmology, cosmology. There's a kind of pantheon. There's some great descriptions of uh, how the how the world is perceived. Uh, one that comes to mind is that it's uh, 
their continents or islands are on this river of time. So rather than see, you know, seeing it as this world, uh, the world is, is this river that their you know, islands and continents are moving through. Once again, I find myself at the crossroads. And this time it seems like it's better just to go to the crosswalk. Let's see. What else can I say? Uh, Lord Dunzen, uh, Lord Dunzeny or Dunzany, is, I think it's the Earl of Plunkett, and when I saw that, when I first sort of tuned into Dunzany, this was probably about, say, ten years ago that I, I started reading Dunzany. And... Uh, you know, as Earl, I was, I'm, I was thinking, at least for myself, I was thinking, it's like, oh my gosh, this guy has, you know, he's got his rent paid. Uh, of course, that's the, you know, the perfect picture. Who knows, it just may, might be, you know, t uh, title only. Making a, making a break for it. Uh, but that was one of my thoughts. I was like, you know, ah, you know, obviously this guy is um, not just writing his has the time. He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have the desperation. Uh, there's this quality to the work too that I have that feeling that these are kind of. Um, sort of say, you know, inspirations, these, like, small inspirations. He does one uh, called, I think it's called Don Carlos, about a, a Spanish knight, if memory serving correctly, and that's a, that's a full-fledged novel. Uh, and and he he did other things as well. But say the taste of of the fantasy that he was working on, that it, there wasn't this. I think I said desperation before. Uh, that it was more sort of fancy. There we go. Yeah, just sort of like a, a, a hobby. Uh, a final thought on that was that it was... That, you know, he's 
self-publishing his own stuff, like paying for uh, the uh, printing and binding cost. Um, and I believe there was illustrations as well. But it's interesting to go back and take a look at early influences. Um, to to see to see a style that is hearkening uh, backwards and yeah it's got this kind of um, there's a bit of a feeling that it you know, say it could be a story being told in some kind of medieval court or something like that so it's interesting to it's interesting to pick up those stories uh, contrasts one of the one of the stories that I heard in this in this collection the collection I think I think it's called the tales from three hemispheres and it's all about a, a postal worker. And for me, that was, I was like, wait a second, this is totally reminding me of uh, Terry Pratchett. Because um, Terry Pratchett has a Discworld novel called Going Postal, uh, which had actually a pretty good adaptation. Um, I think they did a TV movie adaptation. But there was just something about the decision. I was just imagining Terry Pratchett picking up this... picking up this book. And... finding myself wandering through a maze of... Condos. It probably makes sense if you live here, but it might as well be in another world. Mmm. One of the one of the bridges into thinking about this uh, sort of the, the, reason, the reason why I picked up uh, this collection of his stories dump truck. So one of the reasons I, I picked up Dunzani again was that 
I'm um, an ongoing story idea, work in progress is a exploration of a magic system uh, in world building that's an option you can get into talking about a you know sort of the details of a magic system and a hard magic system would be treating it much like a say a science that there's uh, all these rules attached to it And then uh, the opposite of the um, the opposite would be uh, let's see there's hard science and then there would be the uh, soft magic and it reminds me of the sciences right which is the the hard sciences which the physical sciences and then the soft sciences being the the arts. Uh, soft magic is is weak. Uh, it is as far as storytelling, um, because you can just have, you know, magic saves the day and. I'm just thinking of uh, A Wrinkle in Time, say, where it, it can be, it's almost like, say, a, a, an emotional, uh, emotional or ethical, you know, if you, if you do the right thing, if you're, if you're a good person, you know, that's, that creates the, the magic. Uh, the ultimate being, say, you know, love will save the day. Love will triumph. And hard science, are sorry, <laughs> hard magic. Whoops. Uh, where am I at with that? I have, or at least I was working on, uh, a long time ago, I was working on this magic system uh, inspired by playing Dungeons and Dragons and I wanted I wanted more options I think it was and so I sat down and I came up with this uh, system which was basically um, it's, it's all about modifiers and so, if you want something to happen, you have to go through a you know a series of like say um, it could be spoken components, or it might be that you have to go to a certain location in order to uh, have the magic occur. 
and I, I put that I put that away. I don't know what happened to the I actually printed out some some copies of this idea. And, uh, now it's just all all up in my brain case. But I sort of fi- finding myself returning to it and to do uh, a hard magic story and an apprentice sort of scenario, uh, imagining a kind of guild and uh, that's just in, in the beginning stages. But it just feels like, say, I'm, I'm developing, uh, I'm working on I did a, I was on a panel for uh, talking about magic systems at VCon, uh, the Vancouver Convention, uh, last October. So I had to, I, I wanted to uh, bone up, uh, you know, do research about it. <clears throat> and I saw Brandon Sanderson's uh, Laws of Magic. I think it's called Laws of Magic. Uh, which is basically a discussion of uh, hard magic versus soft. Uh, also arguing for uh, arguing that there ought to be consequences. Um, even if it's just that not everybody can use magic having some kind of limitations or things like uh, even in Dungeons and Dragons I think there's these limitations like uh, you have your spell book and you memorize your you know you memorize the magic but then when you activate it spoken or whatever elements are involved that the knowledge vanishes from the brain, and so you have to uh, go back to the books, right? So that's that's a limitation. You can't just sort of, you know, <laughs> keep going. Uh, I think too there was some flexibility. Sort of the higher level you are, you know, you're I don't know a wizard uh, or your higher level magic user, then you know you have. Uh, say you, you can do this four times and then it vanishes but I'm just I'm just thinking about I'm just sort of going for the uh, the best you know, that I've or what I've enjoyed watching uh, movies or reading books TV shows you know what what always sort of stuck out for me is like what I enjoy. Even looking to say something like Star Wars and uh, limitations, right? imposing limitations. But there's a, a great there's a great pleasure in imagining that there's this force, right? There's this uh, 
energy that you can tap into and that you can use. And it's kind of connected to notions of, you know, ESP, telepathy, bending spoons, all that stuff. Now I'm thinking about the matrix, the matrix, right? Bending the spoons in the matrix. So, uh, one of my plans right now, I have this option of do I plan out the character or do I just go in um, uh, pantsing, being a pantser, where you go by the seat of your pants. You just, you know, go through it. Unfortunately, pantsing has another meaning, and uh, I, th- I think that's uh, I think that's another part of the equation. Is that okay, pantsing is kids you know, will do this when they're sort of uh, joking around or even bullying, where they you know pull down someone's pants, right? And this can be. A, Uh, it can be funny, it can be not good. I think if you're with friends, then it would be better, but I then you also have to question your friends, the, the quality of, of people you're hanging around with. And so... I, I, I would like to just explore and I would like to just go forward with this story and discover it along the way. More so the characters um, because I've had, I've had some luck doing that. I usually write with a, a write on a screenplay structure. So I don't really have to think about the rise and the fall of, say, scenes. Um, and I can, I can just sort of allow, allow things to sort of plop out into, the, into these boxes. Uh, of course, I'll have to go back and, you know, everybody does, you know, even if you don't. That's the weird thing, too. I, I've encountered people who plot to, you know, they do a lot of plotting and outlining and feel that it that that's enough so I sort of feel this concern because of my experience with even with plotting that still it it's worth you know doing multiple drafts why ah to get some objective perspective to you know get to the point where you can see it as a reader rather than a writer. Uh, myself, um, you know, say you know, chiseling away at scenes, uh, finding the the arc, the emotional arc of a scene uh, that takes uh, drafts. 
unless say you're doing it say like one scene at a time or one chapter at a time say and that you you know you will do that chapter and then go back edit uh, and then you know take care to Uh, invest the time. Yeah, that's it. Ah. So what else can I say about this uh, magic system? So yeah, so I want to sort of reuse the work that I did years ago. Gosh, maybe like 30 years ago. And... Um, bring a story into it because that's something I didn't have uh, 30 years ago and there's a contrast with uh, other stuff I'm doing I have my fantasy world Terrapin has a um, different magic system that one has to do with these mysterious hieroglyphs that say it's seemingly no one you know knows how to use, uh, which is quite different from what what I'm contemplating right now, which is a um, oh, that's interesting. There's I, I'm pretty sure that there's a raccoon prince in uh, the sidewalk, and they have a slightly sort of hand-like quality to them and uh, somebody's actually uh, like say they've been left they've been allowed to be in the the sidewalk that's interesting there are enough parks uh, like say there's certain parts of Vancouver that um, they've been logged but uh, say there's nothing built there because that there would be this... Some of them are actually parks, but there are uh, parts of... I'm thinking of, like, say, uh, gorges or creek areas. Um, I'm, just, I'm just remembering, too, we have uh, some golf courses that have elements, you know, that have remained um, larger trees things like that uh, Stanley Park downtown is the kind of crown jewel hmm. uh, one argument right now is the renaming of the park uh, changing the name back to the Halkamelum uh, this uh, Salish language back to that uh, and uh, the name is evocative. Like, say, if you know the translation, which is uh, the place of mask dancing or dancing masks, something like that, where uh, celebrations uh, would happen. So, 
I, I, what I am interested in, I am interested in a apprentice uh, scenario, so that there would be a teacher and uh, an apprentice. And I think too, maybe this merging of uh, the Lord Dunsany story that I was talking about, where we go from uh, city to city, port to port, and we have a kind of travelogue going on, but that there is a, a strong story element that we have this internal um, growth and transformation. One of the, uh, I actually do have a, a, a wizard character uh, from my fantasy cowboy stories uh, that is, like to my mind, she's a she's a f- kind of female Merlin, uh, just just as mysterious and uh, Don't hate me for quoting Neil Gaiman. I read, I read something of his where he said that it's if if there's no reason not to have a character that is female, then <laughs> why not? So that that always pops up when I'm thinking about the the sex of a character. Don't you mean gender? I work with gender too. I'm, uh, I'm operating in both camps. You have to choose. I want a synthesis. So I'm just getting down to a a kind of uh, sort of a bike path, a walking path. I have a couple uh, convention stuff uh, happening this weekend. So I'm preparing. One of the things that for me that I, I have to do is on the day of the convention say when I'm doing panel panels uh, no coffee that's a, it's a huge mistake because if I have to talk to people you know I don't want to be um, having difficulty with that so uh, I'll have tea you know if if, if that's uh, if I require something to prop me up yeah then it's the then it's the tea. Uh, so technically, you know, today I had coffee, uh, and uh, that's another thing too. You know, one coffee versus. Uh, sorry, I used to be. I used to do. Uh, I used to yeah do it <laughs> a lot of coffee. Uh, really. 
and then get confused about why I felt sick. Hopefully getting smarter. And to sort of the consciousness of why, why one is using, the, uh, using coffee. You know, you know, what is the, the cause of that, the, the purpose. Uh, <laughs> I keep walking on this bike path and the cyclists have been they haven't been shaking their fists and that's something that happens more when you get downtown that there's this uh, territorial uh, it's also a safety thing right because they want to do their thing there is a sign that says yield to pedestrians though So, uh, this magic system, it's about introducing it, kind of like, say, uh, starting off a story where, you know, you end up at a, uh, a new environment, you know, your main character, it's, it's new for them, and... It, it, you know, in writing, it could be anything. It could be a new job. It could be, you know, you're, you've just moved to a new country. Uh, first day at school. All of, all of those kind of situations. And that newness is um, universal. Like that everybody, everybody's been there. Um, and so that builds sympathy for the character, which is a good, uh, a good thing, you know, you want to be investing in this character, caring about the character. Moss, that's manipulative. Welcome to telling a good story. (laughs) Oh, this is nice. It's nice and calm now. There's not all this, uh, there's not all these cars. It's a bit muddy, but uh, that's fine. It's not like, you know, quicksand, muddy. I'm sort of imagining the situation. Uh, One of the things that uh, I didn't like about The Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin is that we don't um, it's pros and cons. We we have to leave the education uh, situation. You know, first we have to leave the the wizard, this sort of um, who's who's sort of beginning this apprenticeship, and uh, then and two, it, it makes sense and. It does move things along and uh, keeps it interesting. It sort of changes it up. But I'm, I'm interested in almost like, say, teaching the reader the mechanics of, uh, of this place and making it quite um, 
almost making it like like the the focus of the world building. Say that if you're if you're going to read this, it's a doggy, it's a pooch. another name for pram, the most the more common name for pram. Anyways. Well, I've got to do this again. I quite like this. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It, like that the magic system is is a, a setting or uh, that it is it, it, that it represents the, the fantasy world I have a I think it's called a Roger um, thesaurus and I wonder if other people say Rajats but I my mind just goes to the the pronunciation Ah. Uh, in this thesaurus, it doesn't do it alphabetically. Instead, it it has divided uh, the words up into categories, and so we have our our large categories. It's about I think there's about five five to six, maybe seven categories, and I I thought before about the similarity. What I was uh, dividing up for my, my magic system. I'm just trying to create kind of a wind barrier for the phone, sticking it in a, one of the gloves. One of my difficulties with writing is that I'll go away, work on other projects, and it and kind of um, steal from them, and then come back and, and work on my my main projects. So that seems to be part of my process. And two, in the process, I end up with projects. It's like, oh yeah, I got to return to that. Got to finish that. So the so the main character it feels like it would be um, a younger person. I d- I'm not sure at this point how young. Um, like say when when would that education start? And it seemed to be quite young, as far as um, you know, say joining a guild. I'm just remembering uh, 
something about uh, people, families uh, swapping kids. Uh, kind, kind of like, say, you know, a miniature version of uh, royalty, you know, swapping kids, you know, like uh, Queen Victoria's children. Sort of establishing these these ties and uh, sort of a sort of a merchant class or sort of a um, there would be some sort of perceived benefit to to this sort of swap. And I'm just thinking of well, how would that work with with a, a magician? And two, I'm thinking, kind of thinking of a traveling magician, and there's elements that I keep coming back to, like a um, a character that is a kind of snake oil salesman or medicine man, but in this in this case, actually, uh, actually having magic. I quite, I quite liked sort of Gandalf's mixture, where Gandalf is, he work, you know, he works with fireworks, and that he's got this, he's got this quality of um, being something of a magician, not just a wizard, but uh, an entertainer. I'm sort of just, I, I just had a blip of thought about uh, writing. And I've, I've heard of writers, Hemingway for example, that he kind of uh, you know, he sort of started off in the trade and he, you know, worked as a newsman and he had, and his editor showed him the craft. And so it's uh, something like that. I can imagine that, uh, you know, a wizard would spend this time with this, uh, young spellcaster and who's shown some talent right but uh, has yet to learn the craft and uh, giving giving the young magician the apprentice these tasks and sort of saying uh, you know okay I need kind of like a shopping list or you know slowly showing techniques and that the magic is not immediate. As a standalone, it would be great to get to to get to that point that we reach the third act, and that there is this 
there's this moment of uh, becoming, right? Becoming the spellcaster. So, so up to that point, there were all these mistakes and failures and trying to do something and not being able to do it in the same way and uh, a constant critique on improving and as we went there would be these successes uh, building up you know falling down and standing back up again I think it would be nice too to have arcs such as the, the wizard is truly cantankerous and that you know it's it's completely befuddling and confusing um, kind of like uh, the karate kid where it just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense you know and it's not until not, not until reaching that final point final confrontation. Uh, Antagonist-wise, as far as my screenplay manual goes, it encourages one to introduce, fairly quickly introduce the, um, the villain antagonist or uh, situation, the conflict, uh, the external conflict. One, one possible uh, sort of way to do it is to is to kind of have the mirror, right? Have the you know the good wizard and then the bad bad wizard, a kind of uh, Obi Wan versus uh, Darth Vader. quite like uh, listening to other people talk about their magic systems, say what they've come with, up with or what they're working on. One of them uh, I'm remembering is uh, song. And it's been done before, but it's been you know, done in a variety of ways. And, and the important thing is to make it your own. With, with mine, I'm sensing a, a flexibility that say there's more than one way to do, um, to do a spell. And that, say, you know, you're, of course you're looking for the, the best way, the quickest way or the best way, um, the easiest way, most efficient way, uh, depending on you know, the situation. Hey. Le dog. Walk the dog. So, uh, what, what, so, yeah, what's the difference I'm thinking of? 
my magic system, or this particular one, is all about um, moderators. No, no, not moderators. Modification? Modifiers. There we go. Modifiers. Kind of modification. And, like, say, for example, uh, levitation. Levitating something. Making, um, in, in the much... Uh, broader category, though, it has to do with space and moving something. You could be, say, transporting yourself or levitating something else. It could be very something very small or then something massive. And I'm imagining an element of creativity that it's up to the. Uh, magic user to define. And so they can sort of look around them and uh, figure out um, modifiers. Right? So, you, you know, you want to lift something, so then you have to do uh, a, a, if it's a small thing, then you have to do put some sort of small effort into it. My, myself, I don't view it as a real thing. Uh, I quite like it. I've seen at least one author say that uh, writing, you know, that's magic, right? You know, to create this story and then have somebody have this experience, right? That that's, that's real magic. But, say, supernatural, uh, and to, in, in, you know, my ongoing arguments that it's it's about the imagination and that it's uh, the best use is uh, therapeutic and to get uh, people uh, centered, centered, whatever you want to call it, you know, to get them uh, connected to themselves inside instead of living in the outside world. More dogs. Hello. Ah, uh, it's yeah, it's something to think about. Another caveat, though is that world-building takes a back seat to, to plot and story. How are we doing for time? Ooh, we're right on the... right on the money. So, uh, yeah, started with Lord Dunsany. I think, I think the, the connector, the bridge, uh, to talking about, say, magic systems and say, you know, this idea of the, the apprentice and the teacher that I'm thinking about right now is that Lord Dunsany inspired others. He created a, an experience and uh, people went into these stories and they allowed their disbelief to um, for a moment, 
you know, they were transported, and then, whoosh, they returned back. Uh, and something marvelous and wonderful happened. Uh, much the same way, say, when you're a kid, and you're involved in make-believe, and these things are much more uh, possible uh, than they are uh, when you grow older, you have to grow up. Why? And, yeah, uh, so I, I think that's where the bridge is for me and why I, I've returned to, I keep returning to uh, Dunzany. Uh, not, not all of the stories are effective, um, and, and like I said, there's this light-handed uh, approach that, like I sort of, I sort of wonder about, you know, um, what he could have done, right? And say, you know, why is it that he wrote these sort of small stories? Uh, instead of like a a nice big chunk, was it dangerous? Was it sort of too dangerous to 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 go there and to stay there? H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's Dreamland stories are are sort of an example of what could have been. Uh, anyways. anyways. Thanks for listening, and uh, this was a nice uh, walk and talk.